Hello, welcome to episode number 32 of the Weight Endurance Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Waite, sitting across the table from my lovely co-host, Kathy Waite. Hello, everybody. Uh, our podcast is taking you through our seasonal training methods and progressions to make you a fitter and faster rider. We are, as we were recording this, closing in on the end of March, um, in the midst of the COVID-19... <laughs> yeah, crazy times. ...delay, setback shut down, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, crazy times indeed. So our episode today we want to talk about, the main topic we want to talk about is um, strength maintenance. And this is something mm-hmm. that I had kind of on the docket even before this whole right. virus thing happened um, because it was when we get through the end of our base training period and we get into what would normally be starting our race season now or getting yep. very close to it, um, depending on where you live and what your race schedule is like. That's when we switch to strength maintenance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I are both big fans of advocates of strength training year round, right, um, right? And for many reasons, which maybe we'll touch on a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we but should definitely talk about that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, we talk about our both of us have had previous back injuries. If nothing else, that's why both of both of us feel the need to keep doing some sort of strength training um and we're not the only ones out there that have had an injury they have to keep a tab you know keep tabs on so yeah we'll talk about what we're planning to do and hopefully it'll help other people out there yeah absolutely i mean historically for myself personally and i think this is fairly common for a lot of endurance athletes out there is i've i've always strength trained Mm -hmm. ever since high school age Uh, but it was always for a few months of the off season or winter months during base training and whatnot, and it was very, like, um, just... Segmented, like, yeah. that was your time to go to the gym, exactly. and then you were done. Yeah, and it was, like, maybe three months of this of the year. Yeah. And then you'd get into riding more and racing, and I wouldn't do any weightlifting because I just didn't think about it. And uh, my coach at the time, he actually wasn't against weight training, but it just certainly was not, like, a focus of what we were doing. It was, like I just said, a few months of the year, and then we're riding and racing a lot. Yeah, and you you were also a pro, so you had high volume and it not that you didn't have time, but it, it just there were so many hours you were on the bike. True. It was a lot to do. And I think that's a big key piece is like the the more volume of riding you do, the less strength training you may you can basically get away with, I guess. I still think that everyone needs to strength train regardless, mm-hmm. but but definitely in the other way, the less you ride or are able to ride the more important I think the strength training is in terms of maintaining health and gaining benefits from the strength training. Um, But then also, yeah, historically, back to what I was saying, it's like I would lose all the strength gains I made. Mm -hmm. So every season it was like I'd get up to the same (laughs) X, Y, Z pounds. I don't remember what they were in the different movements. And it like progress was never really made like year to year in terms of the weights I could lift. So... Switching about, I don't know, eight years ago or whatever, where we got really into the strength training and mm-hmm. um, coming off of like your back injury or back surgery, my back injury six or so years ago, um, about incorporating, making strength training yeah, a year-round year round focus. Deal. Yeah, focus. Jinx. Um, for sure. Um, yeah, I just know like I have to. Like uh, we, I didn't strength train for about three or four weeks due to my influenza A. And it's been really interesting getting back in the, the garage gym and 
uh, feeling super weak and just really easing into it. We can talk more about that, but um, but I have to do it specifically for like just weird stuff I have related to the um, nerve damage from my back surgery. So um, yeah, it's really really important, and 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 plus it's like for me it's like a good recovery day, mm-hmm. and so we can talk about that as well yeah, you get to move but not be on your bike yeah and keep everything activated i think that's like the buzzword these days with activated well it is true um and then yesterday we we it was friday yesterday and it happened to be our like recovery day anyway and then it snowed and it was gross outside and boy was i grateful we have a garage gym that i could go move around in for an hour and then hide back in the house away from the cold weather. Right, right. Yeah, so we're kind of lucky we have that. Yeah, we are very lucky, especially considering the what we're experiencing right now in today's world with the lockdowns and gym closures and all <laughs> yeah. that. Um, so yeah, and then along that line of thought, um, I want to talk about, like, towards the end here, what you can do or what we're suggesting folks do with gyms being closed, mm-hmm. with the likelihood of minimal equipment. I mean, some people out there have a fair bit of equipment at home, but many don't. Um, and then also I put together um, like a little shopping list uh, that will suggest people consider getting. Um, oh, good for you. Yeah, it's it's not expensive. It's like five pieces of equipment that I think anyone, you know, coronavirus or no coronavirus, it's helpful to have these five pieces of equipment at yeah. home. And um you can do like our strength program basically year round from home with these five pieces of equipment. Now you can't do it exactly like with the heavier barbell lifts and things, but you can still do 90% of it. And then definitely into the strength maintenance time of the year, spring and summer months, having this equipment at home. Um, one, you could potentially cancel your gym membership for six months of the year or whatever. And then um, do the stuff at home too. So I'll, I'll kind of share that okay. too. That sounds good. At the end. Um, well, what have we been up to? The last episode, we were I was still coughing in the background. Right. Uh, I haven't listened to it. I hope I wasn't too annoying with my coughing. Um, but that's mostly resolved. Um, how have you been feeling? What have you been up to? Uh, I've been feeling great. I mean, healthy as, as back to normal. Okay, um, that feels good. Yeah, I got a... I mean, really since Saturday last week, been kind of training, feeling normal. Okay. Now, I've definitely lost some fitness because that was like two weeks away with most of that being ill um but two weeks of basically no training so I definitely feel have felt slower and just less fit Mm -hmm. um and that's just what happens when you don't train for two weeks so uh but the good news is it is coming back like each workout I I've been feeling like stronger and stronger um so I've just been following our aerobic threshold booster plan that we talked about in the last episode episode 31 um and doing our aerobic intervals, and um, the weather's been pretty good. So I've just been plugging away. And then what have you been doing for strength? Strength? um, I haven't done a whole lot, to be perfectly honest. I did a workout on Monday this week, very light, um, not a lot of reps, and just just to get moving again. Was it mostly core on Monday, or did you do some weightlifting? No, I did, well, weightlifting in quotes. I mean, I was using like a 20-pound kettlebell or something. Uh, All right. For the, I can't remember, like the overhead squats with a, a single 20-pound kettlebell. Mm-hmm. So uh, to call that weightlifting is probably a stretch of the term. <laughs> yeah, but just <laughs> um, moving a little bit. But moving, yeah, and, and going through like the range of motion and, and felt good. Um, then Friday, yesterday, um, 
bumped it up a little bit more, did a few different exercises, uh, and I'm feeling it this morning. Yeah, you were you got out of bed and kind of giggled about how you were sore. Yeah, and this was just relatively light kettlebell movements and some core work and some push-ups and things like that. Yeah, and, I, I'm in the same boat. I did the same thing as you Monday. Did a little bit yesterday, did a little bit more. I'm, I feel okay. I can just like feel stuff, um, especially around my shoulder blades because I've been trying to do more push-ups. I'm not sure if you saw that push-up challenge that's been going around. I think it was called C10, yes, do 10. I've seen a lot of... Goofy videos. Yeah, I did one too. Um, <laughs> I've seen a well, lot of bad push-ups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah don't, let's not judge. Um, but yeah, I've been trying to just do more push-ups. That's one thing you can do anywhere. Like literally I stopped on the bike path by the Children's Museum in Denver the other day after my friend Jen tagged me in one of those goofy things and stopped at the grassy area by the museum and did 10 push-ups. Okay. And it was kind of fun. <laughs> so I've been doing more push-ups and um, yeah, I'm kind of excited about being able to get stronger in my upper body because I'm kind of scrawny. Right, right. Um, and, and I've been... Oh, go ahead. I was going to ask you how it's been getting back on the bike and... Oh, yeah. I, I, I would agree with you. Like this week, I finally feel like I'm getting back to normal. Like last week when I got on my bike a little bit, I felt so weak. Like I remember going out with Sophia, our daughter, and then one kid from the team, Jack, before things got a little more strict with who you could ride with. And we were going up Bear Creek Canyon, and on, on the warm-up, I couldn't even keep up with them. And they were so sweet. They, like, circled back around to, to wait for me. And I was like, guys, yeah. don't bother. Like, I'm just really weak from the flu. Just go ahead and do your thing. I'll, I'll meet you up at the interval spot. Right. Um, but now I, I have to say I feel pretty normal. Like, on Thursday when we went over to Highway 40 and did the aerobic threshold intervals, I was feeling good. I was cranking it out. I mean, not like high power, but... but consistently doing what I could do and um, I was right with Sophia again and it felt good. Good, good. I'm excited yeah. about getting back in shape. Honestly, it's like motivating, you know, like you said, seeing improvement, yeah. feeling like you're getting a little bit more fit every day. Yeah, because we lost a lot of fitness with our illness and then now we're eager to get back into it. And yeah. that's kind of how it works. I mean, that's why you take breaks at the end of your season or right. even in the middle of your season or in, even short breaks in between training phases. You know, it... it Allows you some recovery, and then also that motivation piece is really big, I think. Hmm. Well, we're seeing that with our Wee Devo athletes. Um, they are chomping at the bit. <laughs> and it is like week one of our yeah of our like revamp. And most of our phone calls with them and texts with them have been about slowing down. Slowing down, yeah. right. I started the hashtag STFD, which is slowly bleeping bleep, bleep down, down. <laughs> because they um, go they're going too fast right now because they're, they're so funny they're off school and there's and the weather's improving so they're like super motivated but it's also like hey we just quote unquote peaked because we were supposed to be racing right yeah. now so our fitness buildup was has come but now even though we didn't get to race and show off we have to dial it back yeah pretend like we raced pretend like we raced exactly that's what we told them and and now it's like we're dialing things back it's supposed to be easier right now so mm -hmm. it can then become harder as we go and uh, yeah they're really struggling fun. with that yeah like, we have a I say argument in air quotes with Sophia our daughter almost every day about this and um she you know she just wants to do more she's like all the other kids it's been sunny and gorgeous and they're not in school and they're annoyed at us for telling them they can only write a couple hours at a time and right um, I, it's just funny to me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is pretty funny. So this aerobic threshold 
booster plan, as I'm calling it, um, we have available on Training Peaks as a download. But basically, for six weeks, we're following a very highly structured, regimented, aerobic, i.e., slow paced interval. Mm-hmm. Um, training progression with the idea that we're not going to be racing for a while here. Nobody knows when exactly, but um, definitely not the near future. So let's slow down. Let's work on this aerobic fitness to improve, kind of shore up and kind of, you know, reinforce our aerobic base, aerobic energy system. Mm -hmm. So then hopefully when racing starts to resume later this summer or whenever, we'll be more fit and we'll be eager to ramp it up and and kind of build it up. So you know, maybe you could touch a little bit on how you use um, the ATP, the Annual Training Plan Function and Training Peaks, um, to like chart where you're going to go. In other words, like we had a team call with our WeDevo writers, and you told the kids we're, we're gonna, I'm gonna update your training plan and Training Peaks, and even though this first week is going to seem kind of easy, look ahead at where you're going to go. And I haven't ever really used the ATP function. Like you, you, you just do all my stuff in the background. I do whatever you tell me. But I do think it's interesting to like click on that tab and 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 kind of see it. Yeah. Will you just touch on that a little bit? Sure. So the ATP annual training plan is a feature in Training Peaks. Um, I think, I think you have to have the premium account. Probably. I'm not yeah. totally sure on that. I think I know to at least. I'm not sure totally, but I think you have to have premium. But anyway, it's a way to look at your entire season or year mm-hmm. graphically and you can plug in the training load whether it be the volume like the hours uh ridden each week um, or the training stress score tss if you're using heart rate and power data um as your determination of load but anyway you can basically plug in the training loads that you want and structure around like your events and you know when you want your fitness to be high when it needs to come down and and so on and so forth. So I one thing to get through to our riders was giving my thought was giving them this graphical visual representation of what they've done so far this year. Mm-hmm. What we have planned ahead so they can kind of grasp the concept better of like why we're not going out and just yeah, making the most it of this one week. Yeah, the, the this good weather and um, time off from school. So, you know, I went in and I showed them, like, here's what we did the last six months, building our base and and getting ready for racing now, as it was supposed to be. And graphically, they could kind of see, like, each week, more or less each week was kind of building a little bit more. And there, of course, were some recovery weeks built in. There were some really big weeks, like when we did our training camp in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And they could kind of then see, hopefully, like, how their fitness sort of ebbed and flow and built over the winter months. Um, and then showing now we're going to do this six week aerobic block. That's going to start really low, much lower volume, lower load, but then gradually build actually to a substantially higher load Mm -hmm. than what they were doing over the last few months, because now we're more fit and we do have more time because of what's going on. They're not in school or, or they're doing homeschool type of stuff. And and the weather's better in the daylight hours and so on and so forth. So it's showing them that, yes, right now is maybe a little less than what we've been doing. Mm-hmm. But in a couple of short weeks, it's actually going to be as much or more. And a few weeks beyond that, it's going to be like significantly more. Right, right. So it's they could see like the bar graphs going up and their fitness going up. And, and, and those that had been training 
a fair bit the last couple months. Their fitness takes a little dip through this week and next week before it starts to build up. Right. Sophia said several times, Mom, I feel like I'm I'm not in shape anymore or like I've lost fitness. And you would say, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's the point. <laughs> that's the point. <laughs> so you got to lose a little to build up in the weeks to come. Yeah. Um, and then on the flip side, some of the riders that maybe didn't get the optimal or ideal training over the last few months because we had one rider with a, a knee issue. We had one rider struggling with a lingering flu-ish kind of thing. Um, there was somebody else I'm blanking on, but a few other riders that had... Just stuff. Just happened, some things, yeah. yeah, that kind of like derailed them from the ideal training build. So their weekly volume uh, training load was a little lower. So instead of a little dip right now, they're actually kind of still going up or maybe flatlining slightly, but they're going to start gaining fitness even earlier than those that have to dip have down, to a, dip little down bit, yeah. a little bit. That's yeah. sort of what I've seen. Like when I lost um, fitness from my flu um, bout, I, I, my T, no, my CTL, my chronic training load score dropped from like 74 down to 50. Right. And it's already like crept up back up to 70, uh, 55. So right. it's kind of cool to see it. Yeah, because you and I and a couple of the other riders, like we already took our break mm-hmm. because we were sick. Um, and like you said, lost a ton of fitness. So even in this first week, which is a, quote, lighter week of starting week of this aerobic plan, you and I, we're already gaining a small amount of of fitness. Like, it's already challenging. Oh, I already feel it. Like, I've been sleeping more, needing to sleep more. I've been a little bit more sore. And, um, yeah, it feels challenging to me already. Whereas I think Sophia thinks it's a break. Yeah, some of our higher volume riders over the last couple months, exactly, it feels much lighter and easier. Yeah, it's sort of interesting, isn't it? Yeah, so it's really going to be like week three-ish of the plan that they'll start to get sort of challenged, where mm-hmm. like you and I and some of the other lower <laughs> TSS riders over the last couple weeks and months, it might already be, be challenging. So that rate of when it becomes challenging is basically when looking at that ATP graphical view, like when your fitness starts to rise, according to that blue line, this the, the CTL line, um, is when it's essentially st- becoming challenging because right. that's starting to raise your fitness. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it got through to most of well, them. Well, funny, I'll just say something funny about it to me, which is funny to me. Like we had a, like a conference call with them, a Zoom call, and we th- you thought they got it. I was watching, and I knew that <laughs> no one really got it. <laughs> <laughs> and they do the workout the next day. Yeah, they do the work. The next couple of days, we watch their workouts and come most through, of them, and they were all going way too right. hard. And then we had to call each kid individually, individually and give them a gentle tongue lashing. Yeah, and that was really fun. It was so funny to me. And then what was really cool was to see the next workout two days later. Yeah, structured workout was like. More than half of them complied and were like spot on and yeah, like doing they got it right. It. And then a few others were still like a little too high. So we had yeah, to like. Yeah, they're, they're nudge all them getting it eventually, more. but I just. Yeah, it was just like a funny thing to me that like the group setting, they didn't really get it, but like an individual called nailed it. So eh, one reason to have like an individual coach you can call in. Yeah, absolutely. And get some help. Exactly, exactly. So this plan, just to kind of wrap it up, is six weeks, uh, has a high aerobic concentration to it. Mm-hmm. There's two versions. There's a low volume that can be easily done indoors if you're stuck indoors or right. prefer to be indoors on the trainer. You know, five, six hours a week, highly effective. You know, every minute is utilized. 
Um, and then we have a higher volume option that's more like nine, 10 hours, and you can up it from there if you're riding outside with longer warm-ups and whatnot. Um, but it's all built around um, three, four days a week of these aerobic intervals, which are heart rate 75 to 80% mm -hmm. of max, um, and starts with low um, duration of intervals and low total volume of intervals, like maybe a half an hour worth, 30 minutes worth in the first workout, um, in, the turn, in the line of like six times five minutes, and then it grows from there. So mm -hmm. you, over six weeks, you build up to doing multiples of 20-minute long ones or multiples okay. of 30-minute long ones in the, in the higher volume one. And the idea is spending this time at this aerobic intensity your aerobic power increases, your aerobic fitness increases. Um, it, it's just, it's fun, it's motivating, you gain a lot of fitness, and it's, then... And it's not too tiring that you can't get on your bike every day if you exactly. want. Exactly. That's the, the beauty part of it. Yeah. So those people out there that have a little more freedom or in their schedule or whatever with what's going on can definitely ride every day. Well, and I think getting it. on your bike every day or five days a week is a really good... Um, mental health thing like it's stressful right now and some of us feel really cooped up like for example I'm very sad my pickleball courts are are closed <laughs> yeah but I've been on my bike so much lately compared to what I had been doing that it it's like a huge mental and emotional um relief for yeah. me yeah so, yeah when you go outside and it's like you kind of forget about what's going on yeah it feels normal when you're on your bike yeah you know yeah and you get the good quality work in so check it out uh, I'll put a link in the show notes to it. And also for our podcast listeners, there's a 25% discount code. So it's aerobic in capitals and the number 25. And again, it'll be in the show notes. Um, and it brings it down to like 20, no, what is it? Like 35 bucks or something okay. for the six weeks. And it's a reusable plan and something you could do every year kind of before starting Base Builder um, as something to do too. So once you own it, it's yours. You can reuse it every year um, to have a nice aerobic training block when you need it well a few days ago i got a phone call from one of our our local athletes um who trains with us regularly yeah and he's been a big supporter of the team um and he was asked he had heard of the podcast i think um and asked a little bit more about the booster plan i think he ended up getting it yeah um he told me a really interesting story that i wanted to share uh he has a really stressful job um well this, especially this time of in the financial uh, yeah he's in the financial sector. industry i don't know exactly i think he's like a um personal investor and he has some pretty big responsibilities like some handling high, a lot of money like yeah he told me like yeah multi million dollar yeah. um transactions he's, right. he's in charge of so he said he's been feeling a lot of stress from what's going on in the world right now and so as an experiment he wore his heart rate strap into the office into work. Okay. a few days ago yeah and they started, he and his partner started moving big chunks of money around. And he noticed his heart rate was, if I, if I remember this correctly, it was hovering around 75% of his max. Really? Wow. Just during just working. that time of the morning. Yeah. He was really stressed. Um, I found that interesting because I, I, I know that other people have stressful jobs too. Like we're kind of lucky right now. We're just at home and kind of chilling and. And we have friends that have, they're in the healthcare industry, like our yeah, Erica, Erica is a EMT and yeah, she's, she's on the front line. So, um, it was just another reinforcement of why we should back off our training right now and, mm -hmm. and keep our heart rate low. Because if you have a stressful job or it's stressful being home with young kids, uh, you just don't need to add extra stress to your body right now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause absolutely the, the medical people come to mind, the people in the 
big financial stuff, but like you just said, the the moms and dads at home with their kids that it's just stressful. Yeah. Or like our friends who are teachers who now have to transition into online create new training. It's like uh, tricky for plans. them. Yeah. yeah school uh, plans. Yeah. So keep keep the stress lower during your training by keeping your heart rate lower, which will keep you more safe in a health way and then allow you to ride more often. So yeah, two yeah. thumbs up for that in my exactly. opinion. And we preach that from the get-go is like stress management's a huge piece of training. And mm-hmm. we've, we've always told people and always said that when life stress goes up, training stress needs to come down. So right. yeah, this aerobic plan or aerobic training block right now is what we're advocating, whether it's ours or just simply going and riding easy on your own is just <coughs> part of that, you know, concept of like stress is high right now for a lot of people so just back off the training stress a little bit Mm -hmm. and then when you come out the other end you'll be you'll have maintained or even gained some aerobic fitness and ready to ramp it up when we're when the time comes so preach what else you got um that's all of like the miscellaneous stuff before we get into the strength work okay i'm good yeah i've been getting a lot of questions um via email last week to two weeks um and busy updating a lot of people's programs and plans and all that sort of thing. And um, one of the big questions is like, what do we do for strength training right, right now? So what do um, we do? With, with gyms closed and that sort of thing. So it just sort of made this topic very pertinent, uh, pertinent. for uh, this time. Um, so why don't we dig into kind of the strength maintenance yeah, let's do it. concept. So um, our annual strength progression across the the year this training season is more or less three parts there's the base strength which is ramping things from light up to higher loads mm-hmm. learning movements for newer strength athletes right that's um, key there learning the movements yeah when you get people new strength athletes in the gym i mean the first few weeks you're teaching them all yeah, kinds of stuff and, sure. and correcting them so and then building this like base of strength is kind of step one. Step two then is building upon that base, building up to higher loads, one rep maxes, things like that. And this is kind of like the second half of base training season, kind of that uh, winter time frame. Um, and then also at some point transitioning to like single leg movements and stability movements, things like that. Once that strength base has been built, then you can build peak strength and then also that stability yeah power movements plyometric movements exactly and then the third piece of the puzzle then is once you transition from base training season to racing season is that you shift into a maintenance mode of of strength training so um so our the strength maintenance comes into play following our base builder training phase which we've wrapped up and then it goes through the entire race prep uh, portion of the the season so people with really long seasons that get essentially divided into two parts might even do a second base build of strength maybe midsummer if they're then training for a fall event after okay. you know following a spring peak uh, but most people it's four to six months of strength training in the winter fall and winter and then strength maintenance through the summer spring and summer months um, and, and maintaining that that way um so you know why why strength maintenance why keep strength training year round um i think it's becoming more and more accepted 
today that endurance athletes, triathletes, cyclists, even runners to, to do strength training um, year round. But I mean, some of the main reasons to do it is, you know, muscle, maintaining that muscle recruitment that you've developed over that the, the, the focused point of strength training, period of strength training, and getting those muscles to that you have to keep working and cooperating and contributing to the activities that you're doing. I like that word contributing. I think that paints a good word picture. Yeah. Like all the muscles, um, not just the quads, the hamstrings and the glutes and the calves are going to fire um, and work properly for that cycle stroke or the, the run stroke. Right, right. Because one, one way to put it fairly simply and to kind of think about it is, you know, if you are just riding, we, we have the same amount of muscle in our body. And mm-hmm. if you're just riding your bike, the, the very specific muscle fibers that contribute to pedaling the bike get worked and contribute and get used to contributing. But then some of the other, let's say, outer lying muscles or, you know, that aren't getting used as much or if any within the cycling movements, mm-hmm. they can sort of lose capacity and almost, I don't know if going dormant is the right word, but just less active. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if you can do strength training, you keep more, a greater percentage of your total m- muscle fibers on your body, active, activated, you know, contributing to activity. So well, I will sense? agree with you 100% and I've seen it in my own life, my own body. I'll give a specific example. Yeah. Um, my left hamstring has given me fits for years. Right. Ever since I, um, got really into triathlon training, I would say it was about, Six or seven years ago, we were doing some pretty serious track workouts. Mm-hmm. And with my background in track as a as a teenager, I loved the track workouts. Right. And I was probably just pushing it a little too much, and I ended up straining the, the high hamstring. It got so bad that I had a couple steroid shots in there. Anyway, that hamstring has been weak um, for years and years, probably from just the, the whole back surgery. Yeah. There's some nerve damage. So for me... Um, what I've learned through my work with Justin Dudley over at Cascade Sports is that I have to keep um, doing specific hamstring work so that my hamstrings are being recruited on the bike and I'm not just like straining other things. That's where my IT band got tight and inflamed. Um, my right like hip and low back would hurt when my left hamstring wasn't working properly. Mm-hmm. So one of my focuses even if I just have like 20 minutes is to always do some hamstring eccentric loading movements okay. like, um, like a hamstring ball curl yep. where I'm thinking about how slowly I can extend my leg. And you can also do those with sliders on the ground. Um, and then he combined, he prescribed to me, not just that eccentric loading, kind of like a PT move, but then combining it with some jumping movement, some power movements, which might make some people's head, shake like what your hamstring is weak and they want you to jump or it's sore and they want you to jump yes it that that power move forces those muscle fibers to like be recruited and shorten and lengthen in the right timing like boom 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 so i have some specific like squat jumps i'm supposed to do and some jumping lunges i'm supposed to do which i'll just throw out there are great for anyone to add to the repertoire because you can do them anywhere and it requires zero equipment. Right. Yeah. And we have those movements, or at mm-hmm. least very similar movements. Yeah, they're very similar in our what, program. In our videos, yeah. You're maybe focusing on 
slightly different things. Just a little bit differently. Um, yeah, specific. how Justin prescribed it for me, like the way I'm supposed to like kind of catch myself. But I mean, don't overthink it really. Like doing any kind of jumping, jumping squats, jumping lunges, jumping onto a park bench, jumping onto a ottoman, like it's just good for your body. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm kind of getting ahead of, but I just wanted to share what's working for me. Yeah, no, I think that's a great example. It helps kind of paint a better picture of what's going on and why we want to strength train mm-hmm. and more importantly why we want to strength train year round even mm-hmm. even if we were racing right now you know we'd still be strength training on our the weeks that we're racing so um, and that blows a lot of people's minds I think um, some other benefits though of, of kind of keeping strength training strength maintenance going year round is other things like improving uh, hormonal balances. Um, I, I'm a strong believer that strength training is like anti-aging mm-hmm. medicine, so to speak. Um, I mean, I think it, it keeps hormones like testosterone and among others, you know, just elevated a little bit better because you're doing a highly, purely anaerobic activity, lifting some moderate to heavy weights and um, keeping just hormones balanced or, or more imbalanced and yeah, that's, a, that's you a great point younger and, and healthier in quotes so um and then all, other things that are maybe a little more obvious like offsetting muscle imbalances so that's kind of touching on what you yeah, just talked about for sure um where you know with your hamstring not working properly then it was actually straining your it band you know mm-hmm. of, of several weeks back so oh all of last year that's all why, of last year that's yeah why good I point couldn't race right so those that's an example of a muscle imbalance of where Something else is lacking or weak, but it's causing problems somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also things like if cyclists tend to have very dominant quads, quad dominant, meaning you use your quads quite a bit. But if you can, in strength training, use your glutes and hamstrings a little bit more, it can uh, you know, help offset those muscles being sort of ignored while you're riding your bike. Exactly. Uh, it's really important. That way. Uh, and then other things would be like, just general body durability. So in the event of a, a crash, let's say, you're going to be l- much more likely to stand up from that crash, walk <laughs> away with you know less or very little injury um, compared to if you were a more frail, weaker person, basically. Um, yeah. Wouldn't you agree on that? Oh, I, I agree because I've seen that for myself too. Right. <laughs> when I was first learning to mountain bike, I also was not strength training much and I'd fall a lot and hurt myself a lot and as I got stronger I could kind of bounce off the ground a little bit better right again kind of like keeping you younger because that's I mean, yeah the young, well and also I would fall less because I was stronger oh good point. like I could yeah. get up and over rocks or I could control the bike on a kind of faster descent because I just w- everything was firing a little bit better did you say faster D- did I say faster I might have I think it sounds that's like awesome it. I it's like a, it it's a new word yeah um and then the and the last one which I think is possibly maybe the most important is by doing strength maintenance through the the racing season it's going to minimize the loss in strength that you have and when you return to the base training season right you're going to be able to start at a higher level yeah so that's going to do two things for you one it's going to avoid or at least minimize the soreness and discomfort of when you return to strength training that often occurs (laughs) that can be which we're sort of experiencing on a small level right now um but then you can also then progress and build to a higher peak relative to the last year's peak. So even though I'm getting older, I'm 42 now. You are? I think so. No, you're 41. 
I'm turning 42. Yeah, yeah. I'm 41. Like in four months, don't right. age yourself. <laughs> um, I've actually been getting stronger season to season for the last five years or so at, yeah, at you have. age 40, whatever, right? So, you know, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. If you can progress and maintain and then progress and maintain, progress and maintain, it's like a stair step of building And you look strength. sexy with your shirt off. Yeah, I guess that could be the <laughs> last one. That's the thing, is it like look good naked or whatever? <laughs> Um, I mean, that's certainly a, a benefit, I suppose, as well. Oh, you suppose. <laughs> um, I distracted you. You did okay. distract me. Are we on to... I mean, I realized what I said. If I said fastier, I think I was combining faster and speedier. So yeah. I, that's... I like fastier. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I did that. Okay, on to the how. How do we strength maintain, the, especially if we're um, at home? Yeah, well, let's, let's go through. That. Let's go through the like our typical or normal protocol of strength maintenance. So, the way we break it down is um, well, in general, the you're going to lower the overall strength training volume and strength loads, meaning you're not going to lift as heavy weights as you did in the build phase. That makes sense. You're not going to do as many lifts as you might have done in the base or build phase. Um, so, lowering that aspect. Here we're going to put a little more focus on the stability movements, um, partly because those are lighter weight, so it just works well, and they're, and they're more, quote-unquote, functional, incorporating some balance. Yeah, maybe we should clarify that the stability movements are what we call certain things, such as um, like a Bulgarian split squat. That's right. a single leg squat. Right. So it's basically like using unilateral, unilateral. like a single limb type of movement. Right. That and requires balance and you know, moving lighter weights. Sure. Does that make more yeah, sense? Yeah, I just okay. want to clarify. And if you're on our program, you know what we're talking about. Right. And then occasionally you will still want to lift some, quote, heavier weights, if possible. Uh, if you have them at the gym, easy. If you, at home, maybe not as easy. Uh, but it's all dependent on your event schedule. So we have three scenarios in our strength maintenance um, of what to do and, and what's dependent on dependent on is when you're racing okay so in a normal life we'd be possibly doing starting some events this time mm -hmm. of the year um so we have what we call like our our week of having no race whatsoever or a c race so going back to an earlier podcast where we talked about prioritizing events a b and c mm -hmm. a c race is one that has very little if any impact on your weekly training schedule and you just show up with what you got and however tired or sore you are you exactly. just you do the race so with a c race or no race um we strength train we recommend strength training twice a week it's usually monday and either thursday or friday um depending on the schedule and the session might be 45 ish minutes plus or minus um what you would be well let me move through the other ones then the next scenario would be a week that contains a B race. Mm -hmm. Okay, so a B race is something that you do sort of a little mini taper going into it. So you, it, it changes your normal training schedule by two days out. We typically have like an off day or extremely easy day. And then the day before a B race, we'll do like a lighter spin with some opener type workout or uh, type efforts to get ready for the race. And then you do the race and then usually there's a recovery the next day. Right. So there's just a minimal disruption, but we're still going to strength train, but we're only going to do it once, and it's usually the Monday. Mm -hmm. um, and then that session is fewer reps, a little bit lighter loads, and maybe about 35 minutes, give or take, right. in, in duration, right? right? So there, it's less, um, but you're still doing some strength training. 
And then the last scenario that only happens a couple times a year is your A race week. Um, and yes, you're still going to do quote unquote strength training on your A race week, which people never, that totally <laughs> blows their mind too. But, you know, it's very, very light. It's really more just activating the muscles. Right. Especially if you have, if you have a weak area and you need to activate like your those, hamstrings. those imbalances. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. And for me, it's like my lower back. I like to make sure I get some core work that emphasizes hamstring and low back. Right. To keep those activated and less likely to experience tightness or whatever in the or race. Disco- yeah, exactly. Feel better during the race. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's our goal in that A race week. So this training session is maybe only about 20 minutes. And it's right. honestly um, just simply a little bit of movement prep to move the body. It's a couple sets of core um, and then like eight push-ups and eight pull-ups mm-hmm. and uh you know, maybe two sets of a hip hinge and knee extension variation, which is part of our program. And so it might just be body weight for some Probably of those, just yeah. body weight, right. yeah, or extremely lightweight if, if needed, but probably just body weight. So again, it's really just to activate. Whereas, going backwards, that, that B-race week that's, let's say, about a 40-minute, 35, 40-minute training session, you're going to do a little bit more repetitions in the core work. You're going to do a little more um, rep, repetitions in the hip hinge, knee extension movement, the squat or deadlift movement, um, building up to, you know, maybe three sets of four at about 70% of your one rep max if you had access to um, enough weight. And um, and then a very short power session, right? And then moving back up to that C race or no race week with the two training sessions, um, again, following the same pattern, you do a few more repetitions. We'd get a work up to sets of like, three sets of three at about 80% of our max. So that'd be, in most cases, the heaviest um, weightlifting we would do. Right. Um, and depending on your event schedule, some people race once a month in a normal year. You'd be you'd actually have quite a few of these C race or, or um, no race weeks. So you'd get to do a little bit more heavier lifting in the strength phase. Then there's other people that race almost every weekend or right. you know close to it. So then you're infrequently doing those heavier lifts and more frequently doing like the B race week um, where it's a little bit lighter. So in general, um, the idea is if you're not racing, you're going to do a little more strength training. If you're racing, but it's not a terribly important race, a B or C race, it's going to be more moderate amounts of lifting. And then the A race week, you're not really going to do any weight lifting, but just activation. Right, right. And this is all on our spreadsheet. And if someone's following our plan, Exactly. So if uh, for our listeners that were either part of our base builder program or have our base builder um, training plans um, or just our strength training plans, this is the tab. There's a maintenance tab in there that has this exact schematic you know, down and you can even put in your one rep max of the back squat and deadlift and it calculates that out for you just like you've been, you're familiar with. And then you then it's just a matter of looking at your calendar and plugging in is this a C race or no race week? Mm-hmm. Is this a B race week or is this my A race week? And figuring out what Yeah, to let me touch on that. what you just yeah. said about plugging in your one rep max. Um, if you get sick or you take a break for whatever reason for three, four weeks, you might want to go back in that tab 
um, lower your numbers just a little bit. Like that's what we've all had to do in this household. Right. Like just lower those numbers a little bit because you just wouldn't want to grab the the spreadsheet from a month ago with the same numbers and you've you've not touched a weight in a month, um, and then start too heavy. Yes, that is a good. So it's a spreadsheet a that you can control. You can lower it. It's better to start out a little easier. Right. Yeah. Or if you're in the midst of a big training block with a lot of B races, then you might not hit that eighty percent lifting. Um, target for Mm -hmm. a month or more and then when that rolls back around 80% now might actually feel significantly heavier so thereby be smart and just lower it down lower your numbers down just a little bit right because you're not a weightlifter you're a cyclist or you're a runner right but the main key is just keeping that routine of right activating those muscles to keep that strength training going so um yeah so where where to do this um in in a normal year again you know going to your gym or your local rec center, just keeping it going like maybe you did your whole uh, main part of strength training, Um, or you can do this at home. So this is what I wanted to share, um, what I found. I did a little research last night. Um, Let me pull it up here. So there's a, you can get strength training equipment anywhere, but I just picked kind of one we've used for equipment at our gym in the past um, that has everything all five of these key items that you would want to have to be able to follow our strength maintenance program or perform strength maintenance at home. Um, item number one, uh, and I'm on a website called Power Systems. I should include that. Uh, it's a it's a big like national catalog yeah, online we, retailer. Yeah, online retailer. We as a gym owner, we get um, catalogs like once a month of all the new stuff and stuff. Um, but they're a good company. We've, like I've said, ordered a, a lot of equipment over the years from them. So power-systems.com, and I'll put a link in the show notes, and I'll even put these five items in there so you can like look them up easily. But um, number one is a, a stability ball. Um, those are the big round balls. Mm-hmm. That we do a lot of the core work on it, a lot of balance type stuff on it, um, and I think it's a super key thing. Oh, it is. It's probably my favorite piece of equipment yeah i think if i only had one piece of equipment yep, for sure and they're on this website they're 25 bucks um normal price they're actually having a sale right now believe it or not um but uh 20 bucks and you know you can get those also like at target or walmart or you know any sporting goods actually store. tj maxx like in those like oh good point yeah clearance bins by the front door yeah 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 um so stability ball that's number one item number two would be a strength band Right. Sometimes people call them resistance bands. Sometimes people call them pull-up bands. But there's different um, resistance levels of the bands. Yeah. And I'm picturing this is like a, a large looped Yeah, a large band. one. It's not like rubber tubing or like a strap. It's like a, a large rubber band. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you say it again? A loop. A band. Yeah. Um, well, and we not have a lot the, of well, not the short ones too that you put around your ankles yes. for monster walks. Although, is that another one you have on there? No. Okay, just like a longer. Let's say it again. Longer <laughs> loop. Right. Um, and these we use. These are useful for our a few specific movements like pull off press, uh, a lot of the core movements, um, wood chopper type movements. Um, well, well, you can actually use them to help you do pull-ups if you have a pull-up bar and you need some assistance. True. Um, and a lot of stretching mobility stretching stuff. Stretching mobility stuff. You can also use them for various things like um, banded good mornings where you're activating your um, posterior chain and like a bowing movement. And you could look this up. Or, 
or you could make the video. Oh my God, I could make the videos. Okay, I really, <laughs> really will try to get that done. Um, I've also seen some really creative videos people put up lately where they've just had some lightweight kettlebells at home. And I know you're going to say kettlebell for one of the things too. Then they've taken these resistance bands and, and done things with a kettlebell where it made the kettlebell, quote, heavier. Hmm, okay. So I'll have to um, try to put some of those videos up too. Yeah, It's yeah. really creative what people come up with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so item number, well, really three and four are kettlebells. Um, three and four because I think having two kettlebells at home mm -hmm. is very useful. Um, what weights, it's obviously going to be in, you know individual depending on the person. But I would suggest one that is more of like a moderate weight and then one that's a heavy weight. So what I was thinking as I was kind of going through this last night is a moderate weight kettlebell is one that you can just pick up without really thinking too much about, like like preparing yourself, yeah, stabilizing yourself. Yeah. So it's one you can just kind of pick up, but to get it overhead, like do like a push um, overhead press with it, you have to stop and think and like make sure your core is engaged and all that kind of stuff. To me, that's a moderate. No, I agree with you. In fact, yesterday I just did some push press with a 20 pound kettlebell that we had in the, in the garage. Uh, and it was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's, it's too light, if you just pick it up and you put it overhead and you don't even have to think about it. Moderate is like, you can pick it up without really thinking about it, but to push it overhead. Yeah, exactly. You have I had to, to think, think about, about it yesterday. Yeah. Then a heavy kettlebell is one that just to pick it up, you have to think about it. It's, mm -hmm. it's not like you can just bend over and pick it up. You have to be like, brace yourself. <laughs> Right. You know, use good form to just pick it up. I mean, that's a good starting point if you don't know right. what Right, you can do a lot do. if you have two kettlebells of those weights. Exactly. And then the other thing, too, is you progress over many weeks. It's possible you'd have to then go purchase heavier kettlebells as you get stronger. Or but, swap with a friend. Or swap with a friend, yeah, exactly. So so two kettlebells, moderate and heavy. Um, and then the last thing, which a lot of people probably have already, is a foam roller. Mm -hmm. um, and you can just get those basic gray compressed foam. They're super cheap. Um they're like 16, 17 bucks on this website. Um, and you can get those anywhere. Yeah, you can do a lot of core movements with them. Um, and obviously, like rolling out those tight muscles and getting rid of, of getting rid of adhesions. Yeah, it's just a great tool um, to have. So in general, so a kettlebell, also for pricing purposes, and new kettlebells are usually about two bucks a pound is a way to kind of think about it. A used kettlebell, like on Craigslist or a used sporting goods store, might get you down to like a buck a pound um, in pricing. So the stronger you are, the more money you have to spend to get your kettlebells. But <laughs> I just put a little shopping cart together um, on Power Systems and um, with their 20% coupon, and we're not affiliated with them at any by any means, I'm just going through this as if I'm a customer and trying to make it as easy and realistic for everyone. But they do happen to have this 20% coupon right now. Um, it's 184 bucks for all mm, five of those things. That's not bad. Yeah, it's really not that bad. And that's It'll last a, you a long time. Yeah, that's a 30-pound kettlebell and a 55-pound kettlebell. So oh, on, right. on the moderate to heavier sides of kettlebells. So, you know, a bigger, stronger person would be a little more. And, the, and it'd be like cheaper you. for me because I can't do those right. two. Right, yeah, a little less strong or, or a smaller person maybe a, a little cheaper, but at any rate, um, and I'll put a link to this on the in the show notes. So if you're like, "Oh, that sounds great," make it easy for me, and you just want to order it, you could do it super okay. easy. And then those that want to save even more money, I mean, you can always shop. Uh, there's always kettlebells available on Craigslist. Like I said, like a buck a pound. Um, if the stores weren't closed, you know, going to like a Play Digging Sports is a good place to get probably most of this equipment if you mm -hmm. want used stuff. Um, 
But at any rate, these five items, you can do our entire training program, strength training program with these five items. Right. Um, you would just be modifying the strength portion instead of like a barbell lift. You're going to have to get creative with the, the with kettlebell. The kettlebell. Yeah, yeah, and do more of the single leg stability movements and less of the heavier strength. Right. But what's really cool is from a, a normal year, seasonal progression, even if you had your gym membership for four, four to six months of the year where you needed to do those heavier movements, and then when we move into the strength maintenance phase of the year, which is six months or whatever, you can have these five pieces of equipment at home and do just fine. Yeah, and you and I will sometimes throw those type of items into our camper van and take them with us when yeah, we're gone when we're for road a week tripping or two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not the stability box, it's a little bit bulky, but the bands, the kettlebells, um, and the foam rollers for sure. Yeah, exactly. So um, so hopefully that's helpful for people. And, and you know, maybe even now that you're stuck at home for the next number of weeks, get online and you know, obviously you can go to Amazon or any online retailer that you want, but this one, I've got it all sort of laid out for you. So um, yeah, hopefully that's helpful. So in a nutshell, you know, these are shorter strength training sessions, less overall loading and volume, but enough to maintain over the course of a, of a racing season, um, or even through this odd season that we're experiencing right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks for putting that list together. Yeah. Hopefully that's helpful for folks. Um, I think that's kind of hitting, hitting everything. What do you think? Yeah. Do I have anything? nothing else. Okay. Uh, well, thanks for listening, and please consider subscribing to our podcast on iTunes and leave a rating and review. I noticed over the last few weeks we've got gotten um, several new yeah, ratings, yeah, even have, a new review. So the review is very nice. Yeah, it's all it's all very helpful. It helps us in the search functionality of, on uh, Apple Podcasts and such. And um, yeah. We'll leave it at that. Well, yeah, I do want to say that if you have any questions, feel free to keep sending emails. Um, probably the best best person to send them to is Cody, C-O-D-Y, at teamweight.com, and weight is spelled W-A-I-T-E. Perfect. All right. Send questions. Keep smiling. Hopefully, you can get outside on your bike. Get some um, fresh air. Get some fresh air. Tackle those home tasks that's what we've been doing this week that's true yeah our garage is perfectly organized and our basement looks amazing so yeah next is your closet oh that's god what help me all right all right take care everyone